You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 274 of Podcateers. In this episode, we talk about a little boy who became our hero of the week. We talk about how I spent my weekend and how it led to our contribution to the Arendelle Aqua Trend. Plus, Gavin tells us about Cars Land. We'd love for you to join the conversation and give us your thoughts on anything that we talk about in this episode by connecting with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. Just search for Podcateers. You can even leave a comment on the blog post over at podcateers.com slash 274. We are officially signed up for the Walk for Hope event to help raise money to help rid the world of women's cancers because cancer sucks. If you head over to teamboatwilly.com, that's all one word like Steamboat Willie, but without the S, you'll find our links to make a donation or join our team. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. We'll be posting information on social media for some auctions that we'll be holding to help raise money for this event. So please stay tuned for that. As always, I want to take an opportunity to thank a very special group of listeners called the FGP Squad, aka our podcast, Fairy Godparents, because it's their generosity through their monthly contributions via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. If you like the podcast, it's a great time to become part of the FGP Squad. So if you'd like more info, a link to sign up, or even make a one-time donation, you can head to podcateers.com FGP. To all of the members of the FGP squad, we want to say thank you for your continued support. Oh, and, and FGP squad, we have another giveaway coming up, so keep an eye out for that Patreon post. All right, start your engines, and let's get this podcast started. Here is episode 274 of Podcateers. slow jams tell me it's real <laughs> feeling that we feel Whew. can i just tell you that it's been a fairly frustrating weekend for me <sighs> lay it yeah. all out there buddy let me lay down on the couch let me break this off because uh, <laughs> uh is it still a nickel is it still a nickel for psychiatric help uh sure all right yeah. all right here we go so uh, I don't know if you guys know, but I spent a long time, quite some months ago, setting up the new gear section on the Podcateers website. And I was so happy with how it came out, you know, because uh, I had found this really awesome integration that we could use on the back end that was going to allow us to do all the e-commerce so that we didn't have to sign up for like Shopify and all these other services that a lot of people use, right? And originally, I don't know if you guys remember, we were even thinking about doing it through Etsy since you guys uh, yeah. have been using Etsy for a really long time. And I thought, yeah, but I don't have a lot of control over Etsy. And so that's what led me to this integration. And it was awesome. You know, like everything was able to get set up how I wanted it. And like the the designing was really great. And so I thought, you know what, this is awesome. So we got the, the gear section running uh, on the website. The gear section, if you guys don't know, is basically the online store on the Podcateers website where we sell T-shirts and uh, different products. We have our prints available, you know, fine art, and we have um, hats are coming soon. So a bunch of different products that we have available with different designs, Podcateers logo, et cetera, et cetera. 
So fast forward to Friday, and I get uh, an email from the maker of the integration that we were using on the back end, basically saying, hey, look, this product is no longer going to be free. You're going to have to pay for it, and uh, we're going to remove some of the features unless you get the pro version. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, sure. I'll totally kick them down with some money. Like, this is awesome. Like, I love their product, and I'm, I'm totally willing to support the developers. I know what it's like. Let's do this. Click that buy button. $299 per year. Mm-mm. And I thought, whoa, that's a lot of money, right? So I thought... Yeah. The integration's cool, but it's not $300 a year cool yet, right? And so I thought, okay, I'm just going to remove this integration and I'm going to move on to something else. But removing that integration basically broke the the gear section. Like products weren't showing up. Like you could still order, but things just looked weird, right? It looked like a weird Escher painting of like buttons and stuff like where they didn't belong essentially. (laughs) And so I quickly worked at getting it at least functional so that if somebody went there, they could still go and and order something. However, if you got to the order part, it just put your order on hold until everything was done and I had to manually push it through. And I went to sleep, uh, I don't know, like 4 a.m. on Saturday, like working on it. I had to go back in and re-add thumbnails for most of the products and just and so basically because I had to do that, I took advantage and I made better thumbnails and like larger so that on larger screens they look better. It not only turned into like this brand new project for me, it kind of prevented me from doing other stuff that I wanted to do this weekend. Uh, But overall, I mean, it's working now. I'm happy to say that uh, it's, it's fully functioning. It was bad when uh, I had added some some new products that I wanted to release over the next couple of weeks. And I didn't realize that because the integration broke that um, they got pushed to Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> so, oh, oh, my man. gosh. So I'm getting messages from people saying, hey, um, this new product, we're trying to check it out <laughs> and uh, it says your site's broken. It's like, oh, um, I know, I'm working on it. <laughs> but I did get that stuff working because it was kind of already out in the internet. I decided, all right, I'm just going to make this shirt available. Thankfully, I was able to add most of the stuff that I wanted in a timely manner. I was able to add a new design that just says Salty Old Pirate on the shirt because, I mean, we all know a salty old pirate in our lives, and sometimes it's that's a great way to display it, right? Just put it on a t-shirt. Right. Um, heck, heck, there's three on this podcast. That's right. There's one talking <laughs> right now. Um, there's there's one thing that we have been talking about for a really long time, and that's having the sign-off on a t-shirt. And so now we have a design that actually has the keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic on it. And that design is also on a tote bag. And it's actually going to be... Actually, I want to keep this one a secret for now because I want to make sure that it looks really nice before we make it available. Uh, I'm super excited about this product because... I know it's going to get all sorts of use from the three of us because we're pretty passionate about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's I well think said. That's, that's all. I mean, Mel and Gavin know what it is because I've been showing them tests, but this latest version, I'm so excited about it. I just, I. So, this sign off design, 
Is it the complete sign-off, or is it just the part that you say? Because we all three sign off, my <laughs> friends. And uh, I feel like two of us might be left out here. Okay, so it is only the thing that I say. <laughs> but if okay, you like, okay. if you like, I can somehow uh, append it to include like a little tiny, like buy and made you look somewhere, kind of like along the that. edges of the letters. And it's yeah. kind of like an Easter egg at the bottom. Like if you look at the tiny text, you'll say like, oh, yeah, like only insiders are going to know that. And by insiders, it's all of you listening, really. Right, right. Yeah. But I can do that. I can re-upload the design and have like that and on the tail end of one of the letters or something. I mean, to be fair, yeah, keep it really small so it's like maybe 5% of the design because that's about all we contribute to the podcast and you do the other 95%. So that would make sense. <laughs> No, wow. no, you guys contribute way more. I would say that you guys are about 80% of the podcast. Uh, I'm 20% of it. Without you guys, really, you know, I'd be talking to myself. And I mean, that sounds crazy enough just coming out of my mouth right now. So I'm glad I have you guys <laughs> here to talk to me. That's hilarious. Well, now my brain's cooking with ideas. So. Um, I think we need to incorporate the newest Disney color in something. We got to get some Arendelle Aqua going. Do we have that in the works? Dude, same wavelength here, dude. Same, nice. same wavelength. Because about a month or so ago, I don't know if, um, if many of you saw it, many of you listening saw it, but we released the Ice Queen shirt. And that shirt was available in black and in a royal blue. But now it's available in the closest thing we have to an Arendelle Aqua. Nice. And so I, I kind of changed the color a little bit for that version just so that it looks nice on that one. But yes, it, I thought it was appropriate to include the frozen design as an Arendelle Aqua color. So not only are we on the cutting edge of Disney news and Disney creativity, we're now on the cutting edge of fashion as well. That's right. There you That's go. That's right. You remember that. You know what? As a matter of fact, I'll make this coupon code available. If you're listening, I'm not even going to promote this on social media. You have to be listening to the podcast to get this one. Okay? If you use the code ELSA, you'll get 10% off your order. Nice. nice. I'm going to set that up. And that way, if you feel like getting something that's Arendelle Aqua or if you just like the Ice Queen design, and I'm not even going to limit it to the Ice Queen design. It'll be available for anything you want in the store, including the Salty Old Pirate design. If you use the code ELSA, let me make a note here because I don't want to forget. So ELSA <laughs> coupon code. Yeah, I really don't want to forget this. Okay, so if you use the code ELSA, 10% off your entire order and I'm not even going to promote that on social media. Like, you have to be listening to the podcast to get that coupon code. So, it pays to listen. So there you go. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy everything's there. Uh, the new design or the new product is going to be revealed soon-ish, as soon as I get the new one in the mail. I don't know if you guys know this, but pretty much everything that goes up on the Podcasters website in the gear section – I order to make sure that it doesn't look like hot garbage. And, uh, you know, that way, whenever we sell you something, we know that you guys are getting something that looks and feels nice. So, yeah, I'm waiting for that product. And I'm super excited because I know for a fact that every single day we're going to put this thing to use. Oh, yeah. So there's there's I think that's enough <laughs> for you guys to speculate what it is. Outside of the three of us, there's maybe three other people 
aside from my wife that know what this product is because I bounced it off of them for ideas and for some feedback. Ah. So, yeah, that's a thing that's coming. Yep. I know I don't sound excited, but I'm like super excited about it. <laughs> so, uh, let's uh, let's talk about some Disney stuff, shall we? Yeah. I like it. Uh, and I just want to quickly start off by saying that, you know, every day I think we're bombarded by just news that's not great. You know, yeah. I think we, we get a, a lot of the <laughs> side of the news on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, about a week ago, uh, I didn't get a chance to talk about this in the last episode, but I did want to bring it up because I, I feel like it really gives me a sense that there's hope for humanity, right? Because right. Uh, as you guys know, Hurricane Dorian was kind of storming through, leaving its devastation behind. And our hearts go out to everyone that suffered during Hurricane Dorian. But when when I was reading this, my heart grew like, 10 Grinchy sizes, right? Because it just made me feel like this is amazing. There was a six-year-old boy by the name of Jermaine Bell of Jacksonville, Florida. He had essentially been saving for over a year for a trip that he was going to take to Walt Disney World with his family for his birthday. And when Hurricane Dorian approached South Carolina, he basically took all of the money that he had been saving. The six-year-old boy, okay? He took all of the money that he had been saving out of his piggy bank and started buying bags of chips and hot dogs and bottled water, and he served them free of charge to the hurricane evacuees. I mean, six years that's old. amazing. And this little boy already has a heart of gold. Yeah, that's legit right there. Right? Yeah. That's awesome. There's, Like I said, there's so many things that you read on a daily basis that just sometimes it feels crushing, right? Because you feel helpless. You feel like you can't really do anything about it. And I know that we do things, you know, to raise money and stuff for for the things that we do, which we'll be talking about later in the episode. But, man, I read this story. It made its way around different news outlets. I think the Disney Parks blog eventually ended up making a post but it was so sweet because what happened was somebody at Disney got a hold of the story and they thought that it was just the sweetest thing ever. And so what happened was Mickey Mouse and a bunch of cast members went to surprise him and his family with a trip to Walt Disney World. Whoa. That's yeah. amazing. That's awesome. So he gets a VIP trip and I'm not... I I want to be careful how I phrase this because one thing I try to teach my kids is don't do something nice to expect something in return. Do something mm-hmm. nice because it's the right thing to do, you know? And I, the reason I love this story so much is because he didn't expect anything. He just knew that there was something wrong. He knew that there was a way that he could help and he did. And that I, I think that's the best part of this story. Yeah, I agree. That's uh, that is a lesson we could all definitely learn from. That kid, man, he's he's somebody to be respected. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I want to see this kid, and like, he's gonna do something big. I I just know it. Just I mean, by those actions, give about ten years, we're gonna see this kid do big things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it's yeah, I. I don't know what else to say. It's just heartwarming story. I love it. Mm-hmm. 
I think there was a video that went along with the story that was on the Disney Parks blog. Uh, I'm going to look at the video and I'm going to put it in the blog post for the episode if you guys haven't seen it. So podcasters.com slash 274 if you guys want to check that out and sound off on this. Let us know how you feel about this uh, because it's these are the stories I'm telling you that just kind of get you through your day sometimes. When you're just having one of those days where it's like, like my weekend was, you know, but I mean this right here. You, sir, Mr. Jermaine Bell, you, I mean, I, I want to crown him like the hero of the day somehow for the podcast because Aww. that's just, yeah, it's an amazing thing for him to do. So you, sir, like are that. the hero of the day or the hero of this episode. So there you go. Send, send a little congratulations to Jermaine in the comments. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if he'll ever hear this or see this, but uh, yeah, he deserves it. It's actually a cool idea if we could identify somebody to crown the the hero of the week for Podcateers, and he could be our inaugural one. Oh, that'd oh, be yeah. great! You know what? That is a good idea. So, so there we go. So like he that. is the hero of the week. Nice. All right. Um, what else have we got? Oh, did you guys see that the new bridge is open from the parking structure to downtown Disney? Yeah, I heard that. I haven't tried it yet. Has have either of you walked across it yet? Not yet, no. I hope it's it, not as wobbly as the bridge that's in Pirate's Lair. Uh, I'm oh. sure it's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not meant to be an attraction. Oh, man, uh, that's, that stinks. To me, it begs the question, though, like, there just seems to be this kind of empty void where the hotel was going to be. Are they still fully using that whole area for parking? Like for downtown Disney, is is that still even a thing? Yeah, people it still is. park there. I never, yeah. I never look in that area, but it just seems like there's vague construction going on, like all around that area. So I'm, I'm kind of confused at kind of at some of what's going on. Well, they opened the walkway on the bottom as well, and it has like lighting, so oh, nice. you could take either the uh, bridge or. Um, street-wise, you could just go from there as well. That's good. There was never really a clear, good walking path from downtown Disney to Mickey and Friends. So yeah. it seems like they've kind of made that a little more straightforward, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there good. was a lot of car dodging. If right. You, if you tried to make it from the parking structure over to the parking lot in downtown Disney, and then because of the way that the parking lot was fenced off... It w- you kind of had to go through the same entrance as the cars did. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. there is a sidewalk and everything. I'm, you're not literally in the middle of the street, but uh, it did take a bit to get over there. And this is kind of a straight shot towards where all of the security is, which is great. Yeah. yeah. So I think a lot of the the construction that you were seeing was part of what Mel was talking about, the ground area with the lighting and the bridge itself. So I think now that it's finished... We're going to see less of those walls because obviously mm-hmm. we're not getting the hotel. We'll probably get some news on what's going to happen with that area, if anything, over the next year or so. But for now, it's just going to be downtown Disney parking, which you can still park at. And, you know, for a minimum purchase of $20, get yourself validated for up to three hours. Three hours. You might as well pay 25 and have all day at the garage. Well, well you could actually go and eat at the restaurants and get up to five hours. True. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. 
I've never parked in downtown Disney parking, so I, I don't know what that experience is like. I've parked there a couple of times, only because I knew we were going to downtown Disney for something. We weren't necessarily going to the parks. And the this was during one of the times where Mickey and Friends was mysteriously shut down and everybody was getting sent to the Toy Story lot. Ooh. And I just thought, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to park at downtown Disney. Mm-hmm. And that's when I found out that you need a $20 minimum purchase or else you Ooh. have to pay $12 or $13 per hour now, I think. Something like that. I don't remember what it is. But it's in mm-hmm. the few dollars after that first 10 So Yeah. So, wow. yeah, I'm glad that it's open. Plus, I'm I'm glad, obviously, that we have a lot more parking over at Pixar Pals. You know, that structure, I think, is really nice. So it's awesome. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any closures at Mickey and Friends since they opened Pixar and Pals. Is it Pixar and? No, it's Pixar Pals. I think it's right? just Pixar Pals, yeah. Pixar Pals yeah. parking. Because that added, like, 40% more parks to the structure over there. Yeah. So. I, it's like, it's awesome. You never have to worry about it. Yeah. And actually, yeah. it's made parking at Toy Story better, too, in my experience, because that's not as overrun either. I've parked there several times, and I, I feel like I've, I haven't been, you know, like in Santa Ana, which it feels like sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> You're still within an earshot of the fireworks, so it's all good. Yeah. Your shot. It's like that two minute delay. You see the poof in the air, and then two minutes later, boom. <laughs> well, you know what they say about the speed of sound and the speed of light. They're different. They are. I'm glad you caught on to that. <laughs> I'm not a scientist. This is I don't know what they quiet. say. I just know that light travels faster than, than sound. This is true. That's it. That's all I know. That's where my science is limited. So there you go. I think they should do an attraction in Tomorrowland that just is dedicated to space and no IPs at all. And right? They should call it Skyance. <laughs> I saw Gavin's eyes light up. He's like, yes! <laughs> call it Disney's The Speed of Light. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, have you guys been to the parks this weekend at all? I wish. No. Briefly for like 15 minutes. <laughs> What's going on? Are most of the decorations or pretty much everything for Halloween is up, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that started on the 7th. Did you yep. get your your awesome new pumpkin spice magnet? No, not yet. <laughs> oh, the AP magnet? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's considered a pumpkin spice magnet. Got it. Got if it. If only no, it scratch a sniff. Hashtag PSL magnet. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be a pumpkin spice latte. It can be a pumpkin spice anything right yeah pumpkin spice magnets pumpkin spice door pumpkin spice cars pumpkin spice whiskey whiskey yes (laughs) believe it or not i think i've seen a pumpkin flavored whiskey bourbon what was it at at trader joe's they have a pumpkin spice liqueur yes maybe that's that's what what it is too Mm -hmm. i know they have pumpkin flavored beer which is not good. Ew. And I'm. I don't think any flavored beer is good. No, I beg no, to differ. There are some. I, think I know <laughs> you like all that weird coconut garbage. What weird? <laughs> oh, you need to bite your tongue, sir. We I'm need a to purist. Go... No, we need to go to an establishment that has a great reputation. 
So I think what we should do is we should plan a dinner trip on one of the days that they have like a taco truck and then we can pair it with some of the stuff and we can go to a place like the brewery in Placentia or we can go near Angel Stadium and we can go to Bottle Logic, two of the breweries near Anaheim that I just love because they have some amazing flavors. The Stasis Project that um, that Bottle Logic puts out, whoo, ah, fantastic, <laughs> so good. So we're gonna take you, okay. and you're gonna okay. taste some of these beers, and you're gonna be like, oh, whoa, there's life outside of Corona. Oh gosh, Corona? Yes. I don't drink Corona. <laughs> well, I don't know what you were gonna say. I like, I don't know. Like usually when people are like, ah, oh, down with flavored beer, they're like, no, I love my Coronas. No, I just like beer. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't like I like like I like coffee. I don't like flavored coffee either, man. Mm. I'm a purist. I like the pure things. I like Aww. if I'm drinking any sort of a cocktail, I want one liquor in it, not 15. I don't need a iced tea of some sort. Um, I, I agree with you. Like people make fun of me when I go to Starbucks and everybody's like, can I get a Frappuccino latte with a coconut twist on it? And I'm like, can I get a venti pike? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, what? Like, yep, that's that's what I drink. Would you like uh, anything inside of it? Nope, just just black, please. Okay, pull up to the window. I have your total for you at the window, please. Thank you. The most exotic thing I get at Starbucks is the nitro cold brew. That, oh, that stuff's that's so as good. Exotic Which as I get. is delicious. Yes. It, it really is. Which is delicious. You know when I do take advantage of getting something that I don't normally get at Starbucks? When they give me a free drink. There you normally, go. Okay. Normally when they have like those buy one, get one free things, like I'll I'll get something that I don't normally get just to have a different taste of Starbucks. Uh, or, I mean, if you guys are Parks and Rec fans, you guys will understand this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I'm in treat yourself mode, sometimes <laughs> I'll get something like that. But other than that, I generally tend to stick to just drip coffee. It's simple. It tastes good. Um, I like making it in a coffee press, but that's usually what I revert to whenever I go out or a cold brew. And usually I have to ask for the cold brew with light water and light ice. Otherwise, they just jam it full of ice and water and then it just tastes Mm. like nothing. So hashtag pro tip. So I have a question, Gavin. Have you ever tried Belching Beaver? Uh, Is that what is that a beer? It's a beer Mm -hmm. and it has a coffee stout like taste to it. Oh, I really do not like coffee and beer mixed. I've tried a couple. I don't know if it's been Belching Beaver. That is not for me. I feel like you've tried the wrong ones because I felt the same way. And it's it's a very delicate mixture. It's like this. It's like Mm -hmm. those stupid buttered popcorn jelly bellies. It's like, no, I don't want a buttery, salty flavor in my jelly bean. I agree with that. That's what it is to me. I, 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 no, it's not for me. That's right. We all know that we love the booger jelly beans. I mean, if somebody wants to buy a pint and give me a sip, I'll try it. I will do that. I'm not going to put my money on stuff I know that I don't really care for. I'm willing to do that for you as an experiment. I will buy that beer. And I will give you a sip and drink the rest. Belching Beaver is actually <laughs> another great beer because they have several, uh, like they have one of the best peanut butter beers out there. Yes. And what? they also, yeah, yes. it's amazing, dude. It's, it's so, so good. It's so good. Y'all are um, crazy. 
I mean, there's some beers out there that have like the essences of horchata and they have like it's just it's so good. I'm going to have to buy these beers and just give you a sip and I will take advantage and drink the rest of it. I'll be like, oh, you don't <laughs> want any. I'm sorry. I'll just drink it. I will do the same. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think we'll we'll do that for you and we'll go get tacos in the meantime. I think it's a great way to just hang out. But um, how did we start talking about this? Um, um, we were talking about Toy Story a lot. We were talking about... <laughs> Yeah, how did we go from Toy Story lot to needing a beer? I have I, no clue. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Listeners are probably like, "It was this." <laughs> it's so funny. No, uh, idea. like, look, last week Gavin was the only one that wasn't delirious, but now I feel like he's joined the club, and now we're just kind of all over. <laughs> yeah, I've been infected. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so while while I still sound semi coherent ish, uh, I do want to let you guys know that the next Team Boat Willie event is set up. We're going to be doing Walk for Hope for City of Hope in November. We're going to be raising money to help eradicate women's cancers because, quite frankly, cancer sucks. Yeah. And so we're going to be doing our best to help in the fight to eradicate it. If you head to TeamBoatWillie.com. You'll see the link to our team page if you guys want to join us or if you want to become a member of the team and help us raise money. If you sign up to be a member of the team and you don't want to make the drive all the way out to Duarte on that uh, Sunday morning, no problem. You can be a virtual walker so you can help us raise money and just be a virtual walker. Or you can donate to our team page or to one of our individual pages. That's also uh, always really good. Uh, We're going to be doing some auctions to help benefit our fundraising efforts, just like we have in the past. Uh, I do have something super awesome to auction off. Actually, I have two things. As you guys may recall, during the 50th anniversary of the Haunted Mansion, they released a whole bunch of 50th anniversary things. I got one of the Madame Leota Funkos that they had at Disneyland, and we have one of those to auction off. I had talked about the ears the 50th anniversary purple and gold ears that had been released. And uh, I also purchased an extra set of those to auction off. And so I'm super excited because there's a special treat and that that's a part of that one that I think is really going to kick it up. I want to make sure that I show this before we talk about it on the podcast. So yeah, stay tuned for that because that's coming. You'll see the full blown ears. You'll see the yeah. You'll see the it's surprise. The second part thing of you've it. teased on this podcast. Yeah. yeah well, you know what? It, it's going to be a really good week when it comes to all that stuff. Yes. <laughs> or a couple weeks because I don't know how long it's going to take to get that other thing through the mail, but it's coming, and I'm so excited about it. So, uh, keep your eyes open for that. More on that is coming. TeamBoatWilly.com, if you guys want to join the team, make a donation or anything to help us out. Any donation helps, as you guys have seen with our efforts for Chalk. You know, a handful of donations can take you to amazing places. You don't have to donate 50 or 200 or $5,000. If 2,000 people donated $1, that makes a huge difference. So if you know somebody that can donate a dollar, they might know somebody that can donate a dollar. And if you want to give more, then give more. You give up one cup of coffee if you decide that you want to give 2 or $3. 
you know, and that two or three dollars is going to an amazing cause. And if you're new to the podcast, I have talked about how I work at City of Hope. And on a daily basis, I see the patients and I have a firsthand look at how all of that money actually goes towards helping our patients and helping the research that the doctors uh, do on our campus. Actually, they do all of their primary research there and they share it with other organizations. So, yeah, I, I do want to be transparent about that. And I do want to let you know that I do work there. So, um uh, again, teamboatwilly.com. If you guys have any questions, make sure to shoot me a DM. Let me know. But there's going to be uh, a video that I'm going to be posting hopefully this week. And that video is going to show and announce the surprise that's part of those ears. Because I thought it was a super, super cool thing. I can't say anymore because I feel like it's going to give it away. Yeah. The only thing you can say is it'll be worth the wait. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a really cool I think it's a really cool collectible. I think that's Yeah, perfect. just wait for the video. Yeah, wait for the video. Yes. We'll, we'll leave it at that. So the video will be there. I think once I post the video, I'll put it up on the Team Boat Willie page in case you guys have any questions. On the Team Boat Willie page you can see our last vlog from the chalk walk. We had tons of fun, hung out after, went and had some breakfast and we had an amazing time. We had a super small group, but you know what? We had a big amount of heart. And that's what yeah. matters. So, all right. I think it's time to uh, to move on to our main event for the episode. What do you think? I think yeah, let's do it. incoherently babbled for enough. <laughs> I mean, it's been like 15 minutes of babbling. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that's how you know I'm tired. Oh, you know what? I do want to say one more thing. <laughs> In case you haven't seen it on social media, I did post the day three vlog on youtube that is up oh, yeah. so if you guys haven't had a chance to look at it you can go check out our antics from day three at d23 if you haven't subscribed make sure to hit that subscribe button <laughs> hit the like button make sure to hit that bell icon for notifications whenever we post new videos and uh here i go babbling again i'm tired guys <laughs> i'm tired <laughs> <laughs> i'm so tired all right, before we start this next segment, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcasters is brought to you by a remarkable group of people that we like to call the FGP Squad. Who are the FGP Squad? They are our podcast fairy godparents, and they are a group of listeners just like you that help us out with a monthly contribution via Patreon. If you would like more information on how you can become one of our podcast fairy godparents, the best way to do that is by going to podcasters.com slash FGP. There you'll find a little bit of info on the group, along with a list of our current FGP squad members, a link to sign up for a one-time or even recurring monthly donation. It could be anything you want. Five bucks, 10 bucks, 15, 50, 100, 5,000, 10,000. Who knows? Maybe you're looking into investing some of that lottery money. You're like, you know what? I like these podcasters. I like the cut of their jib. And I just want to give them $10,000. Trust me, it would help. So if you want more information, podcasters.com slash FGP. And to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge and resounding thank you for your support. All right, let's do this. As you guys know, last week I was talking about IPs at California Adventure, and we mentioned that Gavin was going to be talking about his favorite area ever in all parks, possibly Cars Land. Are you ready for this? Because you're in for a world of hurt here. <laughs> a world of hurt? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you pitched it last week. You're like, yeah, <laughs> you're in for it next week. <laughs> 
I may have said buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, ka-chow. Ka-chow indeed. Ladies and gentle cars, start your engines. <laughs> that was good. I am speed. <laughs> I was not expecting that, but that was pretty good. I'm also like very it. tired. Very tired. Well, you were all in for that one. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, yes, today, kids, we are going to talk about Cars Land uh, at California Adventure at the Disneyland Resort. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the entire franchise, uh, but mostly focusing on Cars Land. So here we go. Without further ado. In the summer of 2006, Pixar introduced us to Lightning McQueen, his new best friend Mater, and the residents of a sleepy town along Old Route 66 called Radiator Springs. Cars opened with both critical and box office success and spawned Pixar's second most successful and lucrative franchise after Toy Story. Cars was followed by two more films, 15 animated shorts, two spin-off films, and of course an entire land at California Adventure. Here's a timeline of the Cars universe. Cars opened in June 2006. The Cars Tunes short series started in October of 2008. Cars 2 was released in June of 2011. And the next year, Cars Land opened on June 15th, 2012. Following that, we spun off into a new universe for Planes in August 2013. Planes Fire and Rescue in July 2014, and then finally the franchise culminates with Cars 3 in June of 2017. That's a pretty epic franchise. Like I said, I think only Toy Story tops it within the Pixar universe. What a crazy amount of time for so much to happen, though. Yeah. 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 It's so compressed considering there's some franchises that we don't see, like, Avatar, for instance, look how long it's right. going to be between like the first and the next part, right? I and know. to to see that so many really great things came from the Cars franchise so yeah. frequently says a lot for what those characters mean to people. I think I totally agree. It, it's a lot uh, more epic and far-reaching than a lot of people even realize. Um, but when you stop and look at it, it's had a huge impact on. Pixar and the parks in general. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about Cars Land. Cars Land gives guests the first and only opportunity to truly step into the world of an animated film. In the movie, the audience travels up and down the stretch of road that passes through Radiator Springs over and over again so that the layout of the town becomes familiar. There aren't many films that work in such a literal way. Typically, locations are separate and not seen together or in relation to one another. But with cars, you could see the intersection with flows on one corner, Ramones on another, Luigi's on another, and Lizzie's on the last. You knew that on the right side of the road was Doc's place, Sarge's, Fillmore's. It was equally clear that across the street from them was the Cozy Cone Motel, and down the road on the edge of town was the junkyard run by Mater. These palpable geographic elements 
lent themselves beautifully to a physical recreation as a new themed land inside Disney California Adventure. The idea for this land was already revving up just a few months after the film release when early concept art for Carland was seen on Disney's 2006 annual report. So almost immediately, they had this concept that they wanted to turn this film into a land. That's crazy. Over the following six years, Imagineers kicked it into high gear and developed a land so faithful to the sets and scenes in the film and so packed with details, references, and experiences that it was hardly to be believed. Nothing like Cars Land existed before it. On June 15, 2012, Cars Land opened with three attractions, Mater's Junkyard Jamboree, Luigi's Flying Tires, and Radiator Springs Racers. It opened with three places to fuel up with food, the Cozy Cone Motel, Flo's V8 Cafe, and Fillmore's Taste Inn. And it opened with three shops, Ramon's House of Body Art, Sarge's Surplus Hut, and Radiator Springs Curios. All of these locations looked like they leapt right out of the movie screen and into DCA. And they were made even more real by the musical soundtrack of the land with its early to mid-century track list and a few original songs mixed in. And of course, the cars themselves. Throughout the years, guests have been able to rub bumpers with Lightning, Mater, Red, Cruise, and DJ. We were sorry to see you go, DJ. We wish you'd come back. Let's pour a can of oil down for DJ. Right? Aww. Yeah. <laughs> can of oil out for our homie. That's right. <laughs> Cars Land has been one of the most well-attended and successful lands in the entire Disney catalog since it opened over six years ago. Little has changed in the land since 2006. The only major update came in the spring of 2016 when Luigi's Flying Tires was replaced by Luigi's Rollickin' Roadsters. With Flying Tires, as we know, Disney tried to resurrect the failed Flying Saucers attraction from Tomorrowland in the 1960s. And unfortunately, it failed again. But Rollickin Roadsters has been a wonderful and truly adorable upgrade that helps tie in the Cars 2 film with references to the stopover in Luigi's hometown of Carsoli and meeting his family and friends there. In this attraction, they've all come to visit Radiator Springs to celebrate and have a big dance. Uh, the artistry in the queue area inside Luigi's Casa de la Tires is actually one of my favorite places in the whole land because it does such an amazing job of immersing you into their world. Uh, just the design work in that uh, waiting room area with all the posters and the tires. Mm -hmm. And then there's that cool little like trifold mirror that you see in like dressing yeah. rooms to like see your shoes and your outfit because, you know, it's cars trying on new shoes. Uh, I think <laughs> It's, it's just genius. I, I love yeah. everything about that show building. And, um, you know, I feel like a lot of people just whip through that and don't really take time to look at it. So next time you're there, check it out. The real engine, however, that makes Cars Land go is the epic, sprawling, thrilling e-ticket attraction at the back of the land, Radiator Springs Racers. This attraction, based on the ride technology of Test Track in Epcot, covers a ton of ground and required a budget of over $200 million or 
18% of the $1.1 billion makeover of DCA that we talked about in our DCA 2.0 episode. Wow. Right? Huge chunk. Just that attraction. Yeah. Huge chunk. Hashtag worth it. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. It is situated just south of town and takes guests deep into Ornament Valley to the original spring discovered by Stanley, the town's founder. In the valley are seen the two iconic features known as Willie's Butte and Radiator Cap Mesa. The landscape is further heightened by the Cadillac Mountains towering above in the distance. What results is a panoramic vista unlike anything seen before in a Disney park. To me, it is still the most picturesque spot in the entire Disneyland Resort. And then there's the ride itself. After making their way through Stanley's oasis and his earliest entrepreneurial endeavors, guests get into cars at the Comfy Caverns Motor Court and set off on a casual drive through Ornament Valley and right past Firewall Falls. That's a tongue twister. Fire, firewall Falls. Fire, say it five times fast. You can't do it. Firewall Falls. Firewall Falls. Firewall Falls. Firewall Falls. Firewall Falls. Okay, you're a genius. I, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it gets me every time. Uh, they then dash into the outskirts of Radiator Springs, narrowly missing some hapless tourists, Mac the truck, and an approaching train before Sheriff flashes his lights and slows them down. It's then that guests are introduced to Mater, who incidentally is one of the most effective and impressive audio animatronic characters ever created. I think he is truly faithful to what we see on the screen, and it impresses me every time I see him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mater takes guests tractor tipping, which, of course, triggers an escape from Frank sequence that sends them to the heart of Radiator Springs. Here, guests encounter Sarge and Fillmore at Flo's, a sleeping Lizzie in front of her shop, and Red watering some flowers. At the intersection are Lightning and Sally, who send guests one of two ways, either to Ramon's for a new paint job or to Luigi's for new white wall tires. I personally prefer the Luigi's route, but that's just me. I do, too. I'm a big fan of that character. Yeah. Next, guests encounter Doc Hudson, who introduces himself as the new crew chief and whose voice you hear for the remainder of the ride. It is at this point that the ride takes a major turn. Two cars line up side by side and exit the show building in a fast and thrilling race through Ornament Valley in a way reminiscent to the dirt race that McQueen and Doc have in the film. Finally, the two cars cross the finish line and pull back into the Comfy Caverns motor court via the taillight caverns where Lightning and Mater are there to congratulate everyone who participated in the race. That's an epic ride, y'all. Oh, it is. So many things happen. (laughs) So many characters are encountered. So many feelings from the film are recreated. It's... I could go on and on about this forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I just, I enjoyed writing about this so much and I, and I had to narrow this down a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Radiator Springs Racers is inarguably amongst the most entertaining and popular attractions at the resort. Uh, it has everything, a story, variety, changes of pace, a thrilling end. It is a true masterpiece of engineering. 
And, you know, it, it's interesting because of the kind of the wars between uh, Disney and Universal with uh, what defines success and new attractions and wait times. Um, you know, we talked about ride ride lines and uh, and all of that in our last episode. Radiator Springs Racers, when it opened, was averaging about six hours for its wait time yep. uh, that, that first summer. I and remember. if you did. If you didn't have a fast pass or the then like unknown singles line, yeah. uh, it was hard to get on that ride. Uh, but I still it has amongst the most consistently high wait times. And I think that speaks to its popularity because it does have a pretty good ride capacity. But it also has a gorgeous queue. Oh, oh yes. Like, I mean, it's one of the only queues that if I actually have to stand in, which I very rarely do. It's one of the ones I least mind standing in because it looks so good all the way through. Sure. And it's also like there are other queues that are really well themed, like Indiana Jones is a good example. Uh, but you can get great photos in the queue yeah. oh my gosh, Radiator yes. Springs Racers better than any others, Yeah, which is one of the reasons I love it. And that's actually a nice segue. Uh, because what I think elevates it into an even higher level is the artistry employed in creating this attraction that goes unnoticed by many. The design and execution of the landscape with all of its rock work and geological features is exquisite. They even use atmospheric perspective for the high peaks of the Cadillac Mountains to make them appear to be much farther away than they actually are. So if you stand on Route 66 and just look at the mountain range, that set of Cadillac peaks to the left half of it uh, is painted in grayed out muted tones to make it look like you're looking through more atmosphere than the rest yeah. of it. And it and it vis- it's an optical illusion. It pushes that element back uh, so that the stuff right below it, which is painted with much higher contrast, looks much closer when actuality they're right on top of each other. Yeah. And it's a it's an effect that painters have been using since the Renaissance. It's it's amazing that they brought this to us in real life. It's like what set painters do in movies uh, to make it seem like a giant landscape instead of a soundstage, right? Uh, so I, I just, I love, love details like that. They even inject anthropological history into the attraction with a cave painting left behind by prehistoric cars. This is located at the end of the ride on the right-hand side just after you see Lightning and Mater. It's an incredible detail that makes my little art history heart nearly pop every time (laughs) I see it. Uh, And it's something that I think a lot of people haven't turned right to see and notice but it's really sweet and it, it even has like a little fire pit down below it um, so you can imagine some prehistoric cave cars living in this dwelling and you know painting this cave after a hunt for tractors or whatever <laughs> it's it's such an amazing detail that they went through that much of a thought process to create this uh, the graphic design and landscape design are other facets of the complicated tapestry that binds it all together and the architecture and building designs are truly incredible. I could go on and on and on about every detail of Cars Land. Uh, it's the it's one of the only lands that I've actually, from end to end, spent entire days in. And I find new things to appreciate about it all the time. I want to point out yeah. a few of my favorite elements uh, next. Uh, 
So there, there are lots of references to the Cars films um, and then just neat things about the land itself. So my favorite element is just a tiny little thing, but it's the yellow caution light above the yes. intersection. <laughs> In the film, there's this great scene where Fillmore, the hippie van, is staring <laughs> at the light and he's saying, I swear, man, every third blink is slower. <laughs> And they actually made every third blink slower in that light. It's the coolest thing that they did because it's a beautiful nod to that film. Um, I also love that they do a lighting of the neon signs every yes. night at One sunset. Of my favorite parts there. Yeah. Yep. To the um, song Shaboom, which they do in the film. It's a beautiful, magical moment. Uh, my favorite sign, uh, by the way, is the Lubarama sign, where it looks like neon pouring into a martini <laughs> mm-hmm. glass with a lug nut in it. I freaking love that. It's my favorite. Um, Mater's Junkyard Jamboree um, features songs that are all sung by Larry the Cable Guy with musical backing from none other than Billy Hill and the Hillbillies, who were famous for their st- 24 year stint at the golden horseshoe in Disneyland. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I love the display of doc Hudson's piston cups that he won, uh, which is a cool nod to that film as well, because, you know, when lightning discovers them, they're buried in his garage covered in dust. And then, uh, you know, we find out later uh, that they create, uh, museum to Doc and his career and they display them. So the fact that they've got that on display there is really, really cool. Nice yeah. touch, I think. One of the things that I really, really love that I it's, it's got to go away, I guess, at this point is there is a, a little alleyway that went right next to Luigi's and led you over to a Bugs Land. And it had this row of little small billboards that yeah. transitioned you from cars to bugs. And then if you're walking the other way from bugs to cars and they had all these cross references in them. And I thought they were really cool. I hope they do something that is some sort of transition from cars to superheroes and kind of keep that somehow. I'm not sure what they're going to do though. So that'll be an interesting thing to see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, I, one of the other things I like that I feel like, really not a lot of people know about is there's this kind of rest stop area behind Ramones um, across from the backside of flows where you can kind of view the, the mountain range. Uh, It's where they currently have the fast pass ticket wagons or whatever they call them, but they've got these park signs set up there. Like, like you would see in national parks Yes, that are, that are like at um, you know, like viewpoints that you can stop at and they point out, the elements of the landscape that you're seeing. Um, if you haven't looked at those signs before, I, I recommend going and checking those out, reading all about it. It just adds another layer to Cars Land uh, mythology and lore for you. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's amazing. Um, a few other fun facts, and then we'll discuss a little bit. There was a short that came out uh, the month before Carsland opened called Time Travel Mater. Have you guys seen that one? Yeah. It's fantastic, of course, (laughs) but it kind of gives this funny alternate history of how Radiator Springs started. Uh, If you haven't seen it, uh, I think it's on YouTube. You can see it. Um, I at least saw it today in like a 
like with foreign subtitles, but it's the English version of it. So you can find it if you don't have it. Uh, it's a really cool like time travel alternate history of how Lightning and Mater like hooked up Stanley and Lizzie and got the town started and like saved the day. Uh, it's awesome. Ramon's House of Body Art. Um, the the building that you see there is like a direct replica of what you see in the film, as all the buildings are. But that building was inspired by an actual gas station in a town called Shamrock, Texas. Go Google the Shamrock, Texas Tower Service Station, and you're going to see one of the coolest mid-century gas stations ever designed. And you'll see how they drew their inspiration for Ramones for that. It's really cool. I encourage you to look it up. Maybe we can put a shot of it in the blog post for episode 274. Yeah. Uh, Radiator Springs Racers cars feel pretty fast when you're in them, when they're racing, but they actually top out at 40 miles per hour, which for most of us isn't very fast. No. <laughs> but for some reason, when you're not in control and you're on that track, it feels much faster <laughs> than that. Uh, and they actually travel 36,000 miles each year, which is equivalent to 14 times the length of the entire Route 66. Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a crazy amount of travel. It's insane. Okay, here's the nerdiest thing of all. There's actually... <laughs> There's actually a Cars Universe continuity error in the attraction. And not many people would ever catch this. But in the ride, Lightning McQueen and Doc Hudson are both sporting their paint jobs from the first film. So that indicates that the ride takes place in that time frame. However, at the end of the ride, one of the things that Lightning McQueen says when he's congratulating racers is that he's raced all over the world, which he never did until the second film. So there's like a timeline problem there. It's a a little thing. Or is it that he's going so fast that you time travel? Well, according to, (laughs) according to time travel mater, that's possible. It is possible. Maybe we figured that out. Uh, so and the other the other interesting thing that I found was that, you know, Cars Land is a 12 acre land um, and it was actually built on the last remaining piece of what was the original Timon parking lot and the last remnants of the Bountiful Farm section of DCA. Um, and originally when DCA was opened, the Timon parking lot was already designated at that point as future expansion area. So they already planned for that to be consumed at some point, which I found really interesting. I didn't know that that was, um, you know, part of their pre-planning, but it's really cool to find out. Um, And then here's my hot take uh, for this discussion. You know, Hazen, you mentioned that you think it might uh, be my favorite land. I've had a long time battle internally with this, tie between New Orleans Square and Cars Land. Back and forth and back and forth. Pirates, cars, pirates, cars. Arg, rev, <laughs> ka-chow. Like, I, I, I can't... It's, it's, it's tough. It's really tough. Said. <laughs> but I have a certain uh, connection with the film Cars. 
And a lot of it has to do with my upbringing, the, the part of the country that I was raised in and the car trips we took through the Four Corners states and national parks and, uh, you know, stopping at little towns like Radiator Springs has been an actual part of my life more than, you know, sailing the seven seas. <laughs> what? You didn't do that when you were a kid? <laughs> and, and encountering happy haunts, you know? <laughs> like, I love those things. They're magical. But um, after years of hemming and hawing over this issue, I'm now ready to make a declaration on the air that Cars Land is indeed my favorite land. I mean, we all suspected it. Yeah, I, I, it may not have been as uh, obvious to everyone else that I was struggling with this, but I, I really was. Um, and I think I've finally split enough hairs in favor of Carsland yeah. that it's it's my fave. I can see that, though, especially if you have that childhood connection to yeah. it. Sure, I'd, sure. We didn't take very many road trips when I was a kid. You know, if we ever mm-hmm. went on a road trip, it's because we were visiting somebody that whose health was very quickly declining in Mexico, oh, yeah. you know? So it was never just a, Hey, let's go on this road trip style thing. Yeah. So I can understand how that is a big portion of your life. By the way, while you were talking, I just happened to search for the gas station in Texas, mm-hmm. the Shamrock station on my phone. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Isn't it cool? It, it looks almost exactly like what we get. And it's a Conoco gas station, which yeah. is, you know, almost a direct tie into the Dynaco gas line that we see across the Pixar universe. I mean, we're definitely posting photos of this in the blog post for the episode. (laughs) So go check that out. Podcasters.com slash 274. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it it is. You know, I, I, I think I've, I'm such a fan of the artistry and design work that went into the film franchise. I think they're amongst the prettiest animated films Pixar and really anybody has ever created. I know that some people have their, you know, hangups or obstacles with, you know, certainly with Larry the Cable Guy. And, you know, if they're not into NASCAR, you know, that was kind of one of the barriers to getting into it in the first place. But like, I I would really encourage people to kind of let themselves be like, set that stuff aside and give it a chance. Because I think the first film especially is one of the greatest tales of friendship and personal growth that uh, I've ever seen in an animated film. And it moves me every time I see it. And they imbued so much of that spirit into the land itself. Like it is, to me, it's exuding this kind of love of, you know, car culture, but also like, you know, like road trips and seeing the landscape of America and, you know, checking out small little diversions, you know, everything doesn't have to be, it's almost like the antithesis of Disneyland. It's what, what it's promoting. It's promoting these little like towns you can find on a lonely highway, you know? And I I don't know. I just, I like everything that this franchise says, uh, which is really about, you know, appreciating what we have and, you know, it's the, the stories are really about friendship and loyalty and support. And I super dig that, you know, this whole town comes together and now we get to experience it. We get to walk into it and listen to me. I can, I can pontificate about cars <laughs> land for all night. Yeah. You know, it's so funny too, how what you just mentioned goes really hand in hand with part of the conversation that we had in the last episode about how when Walt 
was doing the true life adventures it's because he saw that these portions of the u.s were just going away right Mm -hmm. what we see in radiator springs says a lot about what consumerism has done to the united states and a lot of these landmarks because they're being torn down there you see ghost towns in most instances because now there's a larger town you know with a lot of people the populations just basically go away from those locations And as you're driving down places like Route 66, you see a lot of these abandoned buildings. And I don't know about you, but every time that I see one of those, I I sit there and just wonder for hours, like, I wonder what it was like here in its heyday. You know, what was yeah. it like when there was so many cars coming through? And it, it reminds me of the scene in Cars when they're talking about, yeah, once the highway was developed, people stopped coming and we saw less traffic. And you see the other road being built. And I think about that every time I see these buildings with ghost (laughs) signs and uh, old theaters around our city Mm -hmm. or in downtown L.A. And it just makes me think, what would it be like if I could time travel and see these places when they were just booming? You know, I it just it really encapsulates a lot of Americana into such a small time frame. Radiator Springs is just so well done from end to end i think the only thing that would make it absolutely perfect for me is if they ever found a way to block everything out of the line of sight yeah like if i could be in radiator springs and look over and somehow see a painting of more mountains instead of mission breakout Right. You know, I think that would be the only other thing that would make it like 120 percent perfect. Yeah. You know, yeah. In my eyes. I agree. It's interesting that I don't think we ever realized or appreciated how acceptable, I guess, or seamless the Hollywood Tower Hotel was because it kind of kind of bridged the gap. It kind of worked for hollywood land it kind of worked to be seen from route 66 like because it was kind of retro it was older and you know it didn't spoil the illusion as much now that it's sci-fi superhero it does and i agree i think i encourage everybody to look at the land from north to south (laughs) so that you know (laughs) never look to the east because if you look to the west you don't see much like there's a couple spots where you can see some of paradise pier but not really and like pacific wharf isn't innocuous enough that it doesn't yeah yeah. it's not as jarring as like if you happen to catch a little bit of the the pixar pal around whatever it's called now mickey's fun Mm -hmm. wheel uh, it's it's not as jarring because you could be looking at a church carnival or something right, right. in the distance. And mm-hmm. it's completely different than looking over and seeing Mission Breakout. And I can only imagine right. what it's going to be like when Avengers Campus opens. Yeah, so that's true. I hope that Imagineering keeps in mind what those illusions look like looking at it from these other lands. And I think that once the pieces of the puzzle start falling into place for Avengers campus, I think somehow we're going to start to see some of that area getting blocked out in the line of sight so that it doesn't ruin the illusion as much. There's mm-hmm. certain places where you're just not going to be able to avoid it, right? If you're on like in the Palaround, for instance, and you're at the very top of that wheel, you're just going to see the entire park. There's no way to hide that. But there are lines of sight, 
you know, when you're on foot that you can essentially block out either with some kind of vegetation or painting on the back of a building similar to what they've done in Epcot, you know, on the back of certain attractions. So, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what that part of the park is going to look like as more portions of Avengers Campus open. Mm -hmm. But you're right, man. As far as cohesiveness, it's one of the most beautiful lands ever because not only does it have attractions to match the scale the the same buildings that we saw and we fell in love with inside of the actual uh, animated film Mm -hmm. but there's this whole backstory and there's this history to not only the town but to the the town folk as well like everybody that lives there has this interesting backstory and in all of the signs in all of the stores there's all these nods to different characters in the car franchise or somebody that they're related to you know and it's the fact that the imagineers and the folks at pixar went through the trouble and the process to come up with this backstory that just makes it feel like you're in this real place right it just doesn't feel like it's just this location you happen to be visiting that kind of looks like it you actually feel like you are in radiator springs yeah i totally agree you mentioned um racers i i love racers not just because i love roller coasters in general but you you mentioned the word masterpiece and i think you kind of nailed it with that word because when it comes to dark rides i don't think any have gotten as effective as telling an entire story and compressing it down to a time frame that brings you excitement and love and fear and all these crazy emotions that swirl through your body as you're on the attraction as well as radiator springs racers does i I love the scene where mcqueen and sally are just racing around and they see the falls and you hear that music in the background (laughs) and you see that and hear that on the attraction and you just happen to turn to your right and it's there like you're there you're in that scene you know Mm -hmm. the only thing missing is that they throw leaves in your face (laughs) you know like that's really the only thing missing from that but it's just so well themed I I can't give it more accolade aside from you saying it's a masterpiece because it truly is. The entire land is amazing. Even during the holidays, whether it's Halloween or Christmas, everything. Okay, I didn't really like cars, but this whole land speaks to me in a whole different level where, yes, we step into their world, which is awesome, but the details, man... From the music, I mean, they switch everything up mm-hmm. to all the little things that they do on the overlay. They do such a great job. But the music just in total, I mean, not, not holiday. I mean, I love Flows. Yeah. Flows is my favorite place to eat because of the music. Um, I mean, it's Motown. Can't, yeah. You, can't, yeah. you can't beat it. 100%. It, it's everything. the music of my heart. Yeah. I, 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 80% of what I listen to is 50s and 60s. Like, it's where I live. The only thing that would have made it like, oh, my God, is if they had taken all of those Motown songs and made Cars versions of all of them. <laughs> oh. Yeah, like the versions on the little uh, jukebox yes, readers. exactly. Yeah. The Motorama girls. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. 
No, I, I agree with what you're saying, Mel. And I was actually going to mention that stuff. So that's perfect. Um, it seems that Cars Land has almost become the flagship land for DCA because yeah. it headlines the Halloween season and the Christmas season. And I really, really dig what they do for Halloween. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all of the, <laughs> the stuff that they do for this season and, you know, the details in there. Um, I, th- I think my favorite, I think everyone's favorite is the ofrenda that they do for Doc, yes. which is amazing. <laughs> it's beautiful. It was a really cool touch that they did right on the heels of Coco. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love it. I love the the freaking crazy wrecked zombie car around the tree yeah. and the spider car, which is an old Mr. Toad's wild ride vehicle. And yeah, all the details in there are just incredible. Uh, you know, it's interesting that that they do the Bowers across the street, you know, for Halloween and they do them for Christmas, too, with Garland and with tires. Yeah. Right. Well, they actually have to install a line of poles down the right side of the street that isn't there the rest of the year. Most people don't notice this. Oh, but I didn't. Along the side that has the cozy cone is mm-hmm. where all the like the towers with the street lights are. But. Most of the year, there's no poles on the right side along the side with Sarge's and Fillmore's. Oh, wow. They wow. install those just for Halloween and Christmas so that they can string garland across the street. I had no idea that was a thing they did. We just yep. learned. It's just so <laughs> So you can't, that... you can't look now, but in January, look at the street on that side and you'll see the, the sockets where they put those in. I wonder if I go <laughs> back to photos that I've taken of the land, if I could depict like where all of those are and where mm-hmm. they're not during the year. Yeah, you could. I'm sure oh, you could. Oh, <laughs> man. That is such a cool fun fact. Yeah. That is. That's one of the things I love about the Cars franchise. It is it is the most Easter egg-filled, yes. reference-laden, pun-tastic franchise with jokes and layers of meaning like far beyond anything else. And I yeah. discover new amazing nuggets about it all the time it's definitely the most robust universe that pixar has created sure sure i Uh, I totally agree yeah and you know the last thing well unless we keep talking but the last thing i'll say about it (laughs) is my very favorite way to enter the park is actually not the main entrance or the bugs land entrance which we already talked about but it's that side from Pacific Wharf. Yes. When you enter through that archway and the whole mountainscape is just revealed to you slowly mm-hmm. as you walk through that archway. That is so spectacularly beautiful, whether it's in daytime or nighttime with the lighting. I will never tire of that reveal shot. It's the same way I never tire of the reveal shot of Town Square as you walk under the railroad track and it reveals itself to Mm -hmm. you as you walk around that corner. It's the same magic. I love it. I will never get tired of it. I was going to say, that's exactly, I love that reveal. And I was just going to say that it's very similar to what they did to the Falcon. It's like the same... Like that presence. I actually feel odes, you know, strains of Cars Land when I go to Batu in Galaxy's Edge because 
you know, it's the same kind of sweeping landscape. Mm-hmm. And you do, you've got that reveal shot that you're talking about. And the major attraction, which we're still waiting on, Rise of the Resistance, is housed within that mountain range, just like Radiator Springs Racers. Uh, I don't think there's much of an exterior element that we're going to see like we do with the cars, but it's the same kind of deal, right? And I think yeah. they, they must have drawn a lot from that experience in making Cars Land when they made Star Wars Land. Because even from the beginning, I could recognize some similarities, you know, some inspiration drawn from it. So, yeah. you know, Star Wars Land is standing on the shoulders of a giant called Cars Land. <laughs> yeah. I think Cars Land did help set a really great precedent as far as how attractions are built with within a landscape essentially because mm-hmm. when you think of attractions like the haunted mansion and pirates of the caribbean they all go underground right but when yeah. they right. were built they're going underground when there was really nothing around it and so things like the floor caving in and everything is something that these engineers have to deal with and think about you know, without causing a lot of damage around it. And because mm-hmm. Cars Land essentially butts up against Catella, you have to think about how it would affect the street if they start digging and trying to build underground versus building in the actual attraction itself. Mm-hmm. So the way that it was just incorporated into the mountain range was absolutely genius. It's fantastic. Yeah. It hides it really well. They accomplished everything that they needed to. And... <laughs> Yeah, again, dude, you nailed it. It's a masterpiece. So well <laughs> yeah. done. So well done. It really is. Favorite Luigi's Rollick and Roadster song? Oh, gosh. Um, man, there's so many good ones. Um, Finiculi Finicula is probably my favorite one. Okay. Mel, that what about you? Fun. Mambo Italiano second. Yes. That one. That one's it. That's probably <laughs> our first because my kids always look forward to dancing around in that one. Yeah, I like Finiculi, Finicula because it's an awesome song, but it's also Charlie's like jam. Like she, Aww. aside from <laughs> Cars, completely like she loves, loves, loves that song. Well, there you go. So yeah, so yeah. we always get excited when we get that song when we're writing. See, I like any of the ones that have like a group line dance segment where all the cars are doing the same thing in rows. <laughs> that cracks me up every yeah. time, man. It's so fun. Yeah. It's an amazing ride. I almost feel like they all need like little straw hats or something while they're doing that. (laughs) Just kind of feel it. uh, Honestly, Luigi's wins for most adorable ride vehicles ever. I cannot get enough of those little adorable little Italian cars. They're so cute. I, I I really think they did a great job with that. And the technology is insane. It yeah. seems like this simple thing, but to have whatever it is, 18 cars synchronized using like laser guided pathways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Insane, man. It's yep. incredible. Yep. Uh, what about favorite song on Junkyard Jamboree? Oh, man. I, honestly, I feel like the theme song Junkyard Jamboree is my favorite one. I I like that one the best. Yeah. There's the one where he forgets the words, which is really funny too. I don't remember what it's called. Um, Is that, ah. is that let's go driving? I don't remember all the lyrics. Yeah. I don't remember. That's the song that I like the most. And I've never actually (laughs) learned the lyrics. The only part I actually know is like, let's go driving junkyard driving now. Let's go driving tractor. Show them how. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 
They're all good, man. I I think Larry does such an amazing job as the character of Mater. You know, I want to reiterate this. So many people don't get into cars because of Larry the Cable Guy, because they have presupposed notions of what Mater is. Mater is not Larry the Cable Guy. Mater is this warm, genuine, pure-hearted character that exudes all of the best things that Disney and Pixar ever shows us. And he is my absolute favorite Pixar character. So like listening to him do that jamboree, whatever song it is, just makes my heart happy. I love his Spanish spiel. I love it. I don't care what anyone says. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Talk about another attraction that's so well themed too, because they have all the nods to the Mater's tales and all these like stories that Mater tells all the time. It's also a really well themed queue, super small, but it's so well done. Yeah, um, they do a good. The, uh, I think, and we'll talk more about this kind of stuff in our next episode. I think, but um, the only thing I think is missing from that attraction is Mater. I I want to see Mater. Yeah, there. yeah. It goes for Luigi's too. You know, it's funny right now that you mentioned uh, Larry the Cable Guy is not Mater, and you you basically listed out the contrast between the two. You know, I'm actually very guilty of that, not with cars, because at the time I didn't have a huge problem with Larry the Cable Guy. You know, he was part of a troupe of comedians that was going around the U.S. and I just happened to think they were funny. And so I, I watched them. But I I truly experienced that and didn't give Dusty Crop Hopper a <gasps> chance because no. of Dane Cook. Oh, and that's it a was, great example, too, though. And it was the fact that I don't like Dane Cook that really turned me off to the Planes franchise and it wasn't until I set that prejudice aside that I was able to finally enjoy the Planes movie and what it brings to the Cars franchise. Did you see Fire and Rescue? I have not seen Fire and Rescue but I did see the first Planes. Okay you definitely need to it is a rare example where the sequel far surpasses the original. It is so good Within the greater Cars universe, I would actually rank Cars or Planes Fire and Rescue above Cars 2. Interesting. It is, it is really, really good. I feel like I feel like I may have seen it, but it may have been in that time frame where I just didn't pay too much attention to it because I was like, ah, it's Dane Cook. Yeah. Like I'm watching it because I have to type thing. Uh, and yeah, normally I when I watch, movies. yeah, when I watch a movie in that mindset, I tend to not remember it. Like, and my brain just kind of like blocks it out as I've ever seen it before. Mm-hmm. So I think now is a good time to give it another shot because I know my kids would love planes and I know that, you know, from what you're saying, I'm pretty sure they would also like fire and rescue, mm-hmm. but yeah, I fell into that trap. You know, I, I'm ashamed to say it, but because of the fact that I tied the person in and, and it's so weird because I think in the last several years, especially with a lot of the stuff that ha- that happened with John Lasseter, right? Like there was mm-hmm. this huge part of my brain that just was like, does not compute, does not compute, right? There's all these films and all this love, you know, surrounding these characters that he created and this art basically that's out there. And then with what happened to him, 
we had this conversation like how do you separate the art from the person that created it and separate it from all this stuff that's going on i feel like i I think i've grown as a person in the last few years and i and i think i see the world a little bit differently especially now being a father and you know Mm. it, it opens your eyes to different to different to seeing the world in different ways that you probably didn't before and i think that's why i was more open to seeing planes outside of me not liking dane cook but yeah it was it's yeah Uh, i'm sorry to say that that's one of the things that (laughs) held me back from seeing it before oh man well yeah give it a shot it's it's great i i love those films whoo Man, that was a good talk, man. That was fun. Ah, so good. <laughs> the whole time you were talking about the attraction, I'm like Im- imagining the whole thing. Whoa, yeah. watch out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, watch what we can do. In the background. <laughs> <Pit stop>. <laughs> One, uh, let me tell you a quick story. One time, because um, I ride that ride almost exclusively as a single rider. So I'm usually at least in a row with two people who know each other. A lot of times I'm in a whole car with like a family and it's just me as the extra person, right? The sixth wheel. One time I got into a car and I was like, Hey, how's it going? And I didn't get much of a response. And, um, and then as the ride kind of went on, like this family I was in the car with, it was a whole family, mom, dad, and three kids and me. And I could hear a few comments they were making and I gathered pretty quickly that it was a different language. And at first I thought it was Spanish, but then I I started to realize as the ride went on, okay, I think these people may be Italian. I'm not totally sure. So we get to Radiator Springs. They diverge us to the left and we go to Luigi's. (laughs) Oh, nice. And this family lights up. They just were like, yeah, Luigi, Luigi, our favorite. Like they went crazy for Luigi and Guido. And I was like, yes, this is great. These people found their characters they got to experience it. They got steered the right way, and that just made their ride, and it made my experience too. It was that's awesome. That's awesome. That's totally is cool. So cool, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's an awesome part too. Uno for the money, two for the show, three <laughs> yeah. to get ready, and cuatro to go. <laughs> uh, Tony Shalhoub, man, national treasure. <laughs> By the way, I stood in line for three hours. On opening Woo! weekend. It was wow. worth it. Wow. Wow. It was totally worth it. The only attraction I'll ever do that for. Yeah. I um, I was out here um, in October of that year was mm-hmm. the nearest to the opening I was here. And it was still several hours for uh, standby wait times. But I did fast pass the first time and then we discovered single rider and I never looked back. That's awesome. <laughs> were you, so you were here for the opening of Cars Land? I was here that opening year. I was here in October of 2012. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I th- we went opening weekend, and I think the longest we hit on the day that we went was six hours. Yeah. yeah That's but insane. I, but I think there was also a breakdown in between oh, waiting. Yeah. Because oh, I remember yeah. the wow. first like few weeks of it, it just kept breaking down. Actually, it was about six months where they had quite a few technical difficulties and there was a there was kind of a lot of backlash in the media about it uh, with the, the amount of money that was spent on it and the fact that it wouldn't work. But they 
did their job, man. That ride is pretty darn reliable for as complex as it is. It's one of the most complex rides they've ever created. And it, you know, even if it does have a temporary delay in service, it's always pretty quick. Wait a second. So are you saying that at one point a land opened with a new attraction that wasn't always functioning or one not functioning at all, and the media went off on it? Right? No. Weird. <laughs> no. Weird. Doesn't sound like something that happens when it comes to something at Disney. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rarity. It is. Right? Oh, man. Such a great talk. Well done, dude. I love this. Uh, yeah, I am an incurable uh, Cars romantic. So anyone out there that ever wants to chat about Cars, Cars 2, Cars 3, Cars Land, any of the characters, any of the shorts, anything, I'm that's my nerdiest like Pixar thing by far. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Hit me up. <laughs> All right. Well, on that happy note, I think it's time to wrap this episode up in a little blanket, swaddle it and hold it and be like, oh, so cute we're done oh, it's time to go to sleep i don't know why i took it into that realm but you know what it is time to go to sleep so now it's time to say goodbye to all our listeners p-o-d k-e-t double e-r-s see you real soon <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to get messages saying, why isn't that your sign off? <laughs> it's, it's actually a good plug for that uh, day three vlog, right? Oh, day yeah. Ending. By the way, up on YouTube. Is <laughs> <laughs> Surprise ending. All right. That is going to wrap it up for this episode. If you guys have any comments on anything that we talked about, please make sure to sound off and join the conversation on any of our social networks, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or even on YouTube, if that's where you're listening to this episode. Podcateers on all of them. And uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts, share them in an upcoming episode. And if you're as nerdy about cars, make sure to hit up Gavin. Follow him. He's Gavin Odison Art on Instagram. Follow Mel. The Ciao odd mouse shoppy because i know it's shop but shoppy (laughs) double p-e double p-e uh of course all of that information is on the podcateers website you can go to podcateers.com slash team so if you uh would like to connect with us that's the best place to find all of our social links so that's it that's gonna wrap it up for this episode so until next time keep dreaming keep moving forward and always remember to pass on the magic have a great week everyone bye major look